all these intros and music and everything always get me so pumped yeah. up these days so much exciting stuff happening but welcome everyone to the roto slappers podcast on the tim king show and now also the bloodline network whoo i feel honored to be a part of that thank you again um and soon moving forward exclusively on the bloodline network so if you're watching right now on the team king show you probably are going to want to start moving over to the bloodline network and check all of the great shows that are out there there is a ton um facts nick and nick and keith great job i checked the, the beginning of the uw pod out uh then i had to do some show prep here but that was great after we're done blake stay tuned then for the mma show at 10 o'clock central time here uh on the bloodline entertainment network featuring bakley from cage my iq the director chris mm -hmm. and the rest of the boys blake we are here the roto slappers are live how are you doing i'm doing great streets how you doing brother i'm pretty good um the world baseball classic is getting underway i did not stay up last mm -hmm. night to watch that game but the world baseball classic is underway so we kind of got live real baseball i can even call it that i guess uh still exhibition um but it's as real as it's going to get for now for another month or so um so yeah it's exciting that's just nice yeah. to have baseball back on you know yeah world baseball classics always real cool you know to see the other other countries and man their fans get into it man i i started following a page of world baseball classic and man those fans are wild man they get into it but uh it's fun it always scares me with the the whole injury thing but uh i, I know <laughs> it's i need a team usa versus the dominican republic final like i need air to breathe like i need yeah. those two. those are just when i saw the lineups two juggernauts just whew, and i need mm -hmm. them to clash in the final and that would be pretty epic if you ask me yeah, that'd be awesome, man. That, that would be awesome. I, I'm excited for it. <laughs> All right. So as we're still kind of new here, trying to get to know a few people, I've explained to you about me, to, to break the ice here and get a little loose before we jump into the meat and potatoes of the first base tiers here. Blake, I got some fun questions for you, buddy. Let's. We, I want the people to get to know BK, Blake Kendrick. So, All right. What up, baby? What's up, Clark Street? <laughs> Thank you all for watching again. All right, hold on here. I got my list here. All right, Blake. So let's get the people to know you here. All Drums right. or flats? Oh, flats for sure. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank flats. God. I was I was gonna I hope I was hoping you were gonna answer that way. I'm a flat guy also. I don't like all that damn cartilage on my wing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> In sync or backstreet boys? Uh, I guess I'd have to say in sync. I know more songs from. I oh, recognize good songs. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna. I was thinking you were gonna go the other way in that one, but I'm actually quite impressed with that. Best Thanksgiving <laughs> dish. Ah, oh, man. I'm not even sure. I I, I like to get the uh, uh after Thanksgiving, man. And then you get after. You get the the after well you know you take the leftovers and you get the hawaiian rolls and you just put everything you got on a hawaiian roll i don't know do y'all do hawaiian rolls up there that's uh no not who there's rolls but not hawaiian rolls i mean i'm not against hawaiian rolls i'm sure every family yeah so yeah, just they, make, yeah so you kind of do a um you make a sandwich is basically what you're telling me yeah that, that's what i that's what I, <laughs> that's what i like man just throwing everything on there together 
I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of the turkey and dressing. Bro. What up? What's going on, Bakley? Yeah, no, I am a. I like the stuffing for some reason. It's pumpkin pie is good too. I'm not gonna lie. If you're gonna if you're gonna do dessert, yeah. I do love. I the am a basic, so I am a basic bitch when it comes to pumpkin pie. When we get to fall, we'll get into that a little bit more. I don't want to embarrass myself quite yet. Last uh, but not least, right off the hip, who's the greatest baseball player of all time? Mickey Mantle. I I vote Barry Bonds, but I can't hate you on that. I kind of knew you were going to do that one. <laughs> you knew you you said off the hip. You knew <laughs> you knew I was going Mantle. I know. You old soul, just a very old soul when it comes to baseball. All right, so here we go. Little now you're a little loose. Let's get into some first baseman. Um, first base, it's, it's fairly deep. I don't think it's that shallow. Uh, a lot of boppers. There's usually a lot of boppers. I think since the juice ball went away, the first base has become back to kind of what it was, and it's. I don't think it's a pushover position anymore. Um, I think it's something where you can you can get yourself a really really good hitter. We'll get it as we finish the tiers. We'll get into more like draft strategies and things like that. And I know a lot of people are going to prioritize outfield and third base. I just because they're the two shallowest. Um, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, he is up there. I'm not going to lie. There's no doubt yeah. about it. And Squints. Squints was a good. Squints was a good one. Yeah. He cracks me up. You ever see him these days? Before oh yeah. That topic again. He wears that. Oh, I yeah. saw a picture of him with his squint shirt with the yeah. blunt in his mouth, promoting his marijuana line. That's yeah, pretty yeah. funny. I mean, but, if you know me, I I, I got a. You might have seen it before. Whenever I was recording or something, I got I got the original Sandlot movie poster framed in my living room. So <laughs> that tells you anything. I'm a, I'm, yes. a I'm a Benny the Jet fan. <laughs> Sandlot. You said it last week. And the road number to one, number your one. favorite movie of all time. Yeah. So I'm not that surprised. You have a bunch of uh, lore from the Sandlot movie. And yeah, first base is pretty deep. I think you're going to see as we get into these tiers a little bit that it is kind of deep. I mean, even the, the bottom end of the so-called, I'll call them 1B1s. If we're going to play 12, a 12 team league, top 12 first baseman are your 1B1s to steal a little bit from the fantasy football side. Yeah. It's definitely deep, and there's some guys you can get later if you want to hold off on the position. You do prioritize third base or outfield, but I'm not. I'm kind of a BPA kind of guy, right? Like, obviously, before I do something, I think we're both going to spoil it here. We're both going to agree on one thing. Who's your number one first baseman? Vlad Jr. Oh, so we're not going to agree. So we're already off to – I like when we don't agree. But anyway, so mine's Freddie Freeman. And – I say BPA because Freddie Freeman was actually the number two um, scoring position player in both formats last year. I know he only hit the power wasn't there, but he did steal a few bases that he had it in and stuff, but the batting average, the runs, uh, so on and so on that we'll talk about in a little bit. So he was the number two. So I get that there's a lot of depth there, but there's also a elite level talent there. Right. So, and I'm not opposed to taking that. Like, if I'm picking tenth, I'll take Freddie Freeman, and I'll have that. I'll come back around and take an Austin Riley or an outfielder or something in the second round. Um, but it is deep, and it's a fun position too. I don't know if you saw my post earlier about Todd uh, Helton. I saw something about Todd Helton. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. So Todd Helton, technically, I had posted it. Had the number two. That was the number two scope. Wrote in modern day Roto scoring. It was the number two um, 
baseball season ever. He hit 372 that year. 372. That's insane. And it still wasn't the number one um, modern-day Roto scoring season of all time. So a fun fact, do you know who the number one modern-day Roto scoring season of all time was? Man, I'm racking my brain right here. It had to be uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. A-Rod? So I say modern-day scoring, but that doesn't mean it's modern-day players. So it could be from the history of baseball. It's just the way Roto scored now under your typical 5 by 5 Right. So it gives you every season of all time ever. I'm just uh, picturing more of the juiced players. That's why I said maybe A-Rod. First base. I'm talking first base, too. Oh. Oh. Oh, that throws me off. First base. Oh, although uh, A-Rod is going to be part of this at some point at a different position, but yeah. Uh, man, my my mind immediately takes me to Bagwell since, you know, I'm a Houston fan. But He was uh, up there. I mean, he, he had the stolen bases and all that too. Um, but it can't be Bagwell because that would have been too easy. You would have already told me. I know. Um, I would have, I yeah. I wouldn't have been able to hold my excitement for you. Let, let, let me go with um, – Man, is it Lou Gehrig? I don't know. <laughs> it's like... You got it. Oh. Good guess. No you, way. you nailed the player. That's it. I'm actually quite impressed. There you go. See Ken Burns, people. I told you. You nailed the player. Can you guess the year? Probably not because you're probably going to need a whole list of Lou Gehrig seasons to do so. I'll give you credit. You guess the player. That's all you need. You win the game. I'll tell you the year. So the year was 1931. Lou Gehrig okay. hit 341. With 46 dongs, 180 friggin' four RBIs, 163 runs. Oh, and if we're just going to count, he chipped in 17 stolen bases that year to top it all up, which in modern day world's history scoring would have been the number one season. So fun stuff right there. Luke Garrick takes it crazy. And there you go, right on the bottom of the screen. Monster season, 184 RBIs. That's insane. Oh, he hit. 46 dongs, not 36 dongs, but close. <laughs> yeah. Four, he was only 40, actually more than what they put, but he'll, so yeah. So 46 dongs in that season. I know you were going to think like some of those, like the Mark McGuire season, right? Yeah. 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 It's up. It's, it's definitely top 10, but he only hit 299. Um, so he didn't have all the hits. He didn't have the average of like uh, Todd Helton or Lou Gehrig here. He only stole one base. And the runs and RBIs were nowhere close to the 184 and 160s and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I think the next, I think rounding out the top 10, when I looked at all these seasons, uh, I believe Paul Goldschmidt had two of them. And I think he came in at like three and four with two of them. Albert Pujols came in at 2005. Albert Pujols, I believe, came in. Um, and yeah, and Todd Helton had two seasons in the top 10 too. Because I think 2001, Todd Helton was also in Monster. But he didn't hit 372, which rounds out his... He had 49 homers in 2001, but the 372 batting average is what carried him, uh, obviously, in our modern-day roto scoring. So there you go. First base, fun position. Um, You always get... There's some crazy stat lines and some monster seasons always with first baseman because it is a bat-first position. So um, there's going to be a lot of offense here as we talk about this. And I... Let's see, Bagley. I think Paul Goldschmidt and Matt Olson will have a lot of value for the buck in the top 10 range. 
I would, yeah. Um, I think we did our top 50, right? And I think I had Matt Olson at 50. So I'm not sure I take him that early. And we're going to talk about why um, and why he's, what his tier name is, because he's in his own tier for me. But Goldie, oh, yeah, I do love Goldie. And I think I had Goldie in, like, my top 15 at this point. I'd have to pull up my rankings. But so, yeah, yeah I'm I trying do. to find mine right now. <laughs> You're definitely using a top 24 pick to get Paul Goldschmidt. There's no doubt about that. I think Matt Olson, you can wait a little bit. You had Olson higher than I, um, and I'm sure you're going to have him a tier higher than I. So let's kick this off. What is your first tier? Uh, let me know who it is, and did you name it anything fun? Yo, yo, yo. Uh, What's going on? How you doing, by the way? Up, I just want to uh, say, Nick, great show. I did catch the beginning of it. Although, so you guys, I got to tell you right now, Nick, um, Tim, all – Everybody that in the bloodline. It's actually been, I have no clue what they're talking about with AEW because I've never watched a single minute of AEW in my entire life, but they make it entertaining no matter what, just watching their shows. They make me want to watch AEW though. So that's how fun it is. So I think I'm going to have no choice. I think I'm actually going to have to start tuning into all these AEW shows with them. Yeah. <sighs> Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> De definitely, definitely a shout out to all the bloodline. I, I tuned into that first show. That was a, that was cool to watch. I I wasn't aware of all this was being put together. So then that's, that's strong, man. I'm excited for it. Oh yeah, it's definitely. I got. Um, it's exciting. It's fun, and it gives me like butterflies. I get nervous. Like it's something big, ah. something really, mm. really big brewing. So it's nice. And they let our measly little roto slappers <laughs> talk some nonsense about fantasy sports. So it's great. And thank you. All right, your tiers. Let me get your first tier. All right, my first tier is just a, two players. There's only uh, two. I'm going. I'm going first base pretty quick. Like I told you uh, when we were going over our top fifty, I don't. I don't feel like it's as deep as a lot of people. I, I, I just don't really feel like it's as deep as uh, I know you think, and uh, I've seen a lot of others say first base is deep this year. I don't feel that way. But I think I'm kind of spoiled by the old first base numbers, you know. Uh, there was always – you could always grab an extra corner infielder that, that's going to put up 30-plus 30, 30 or whatever, and that's not always going to happen, you know. But uh, not not this season, in my opinion. But the, the two I have in my first tier, Vlad Jr. and Freddie Freeman. Those are the two I would go for. I, I'd take them in – in the first round, you know, I would take them towards the end, but uh, let me see if I had them in the first round. Yeah, I had I had Vladdy in the first round, and, and I had Freeman right at the right at the end of the first round of a twelve team in my top fifty. So those those are the only two only. We're a little two. opposite on that because I had Freddie Freeman ten, and I think I I had Vlad sixteen overall. Um, so I had him flip flop, but I and the only one I would take in the first round is Freddie Freeman. Um, and I agree with you there. Those are the. Do you have what's your next tier before I give you my first tier? Let's see how how many my guys next, are in that one. My next tier is only two guys again. Okay, and I think I, I know. I think your first two tiers are going to match my one tier. So go ahead. Yeah, my uh, next two guys are Pete Alonzo and Paul Goldschmidt. So yep. So you made them two separate tiers. I actually named 
this is the big hurt tier for me is what I called it. A little shout out to yeah. Frank Thomas there. Um, I actually put Freddie Freeman, Vlad Guerrero, Paul Goldschmidt, and Pete Alonso in, you know, all in kind of in one tier. Um, I kind of think they're all similar in certain senses. Obviously, Freddie Freeman, uh, the power wasn't there. I don't know if we're ever going to get a 30 home run season out of Freddie Freeman again. Um, just the, the ballpark, everything that kind of mixes in there. He's also 34, so I get it. But 158 games or more since 2018. Um, obviously 2020, right. but he played every game, I think in 2020, but I'm going to throw, I'm just going to throw that out 2020, not going to use 2020 at all for anything. When we're talking about this right now, <laughs> yeah, we never mentioned Jimmy that says, Vlad junior Goldie. Fre- oh, he has Freddie third, but he agrees with you and Vlad going first. Shout out to Zugi too for watching. Thank you very much. What's up Zugi? You know him by the way. I, oh yeah. Diana. yeah. Hey, I recognize the name. how's it going? Look at that, Diana tuning in. You do not know her, but you know Zugi, right? He's in our I dynasty. Do, uh, yeah, I know Zugi from Dynasty. As soon as I saw the name, I was like, Bid oh, Buster. yeah. Thank you. How you doing? Um, As I try to read these comments, I'll try to pay attention, but I'm also looking at a bunch of stats, too. I do this. But anyways, yeah, so 100 runs, three straight seasons. Obviously, I'm taking 2020 out of the equation. So Freddie Freeman is just the epitome of steady. You know what you're getting. And even and he and he pitches in some stolen bases, and I think he's going to keep doing the same thing um, that he did. He's going to pitch in more stolen bases with the new bigger bases, and I think he'll probably seven, eight stolen bases this season, 25, 26 home runs. But he's going to hit close to 300. He's going to get you 100 runs and probably 90 RBIs in this one. So I think I'd choose safe over the ceiling, and you choose the ceiling. And Vladimir Guerrero. Now, I do have him second, so we're we're pulling hair here, right? I mean, we're just it's it's not a big difference. But to me, look, the hard hit is great. Vladimir Guerrero, he he piss missiles come off this guy's bat, dude. He crushes baseballs. There's no, mm-hmm. <laughs> but his launch angle dropped back down last season, and the ground balls went back up. Like mm-hmm. if Vladimir Vladimir Guerrero, out of all these boppers that we're talking about in these top four, hits over the most ground balls out of all of them at a 50% rate, right? He can't hit 50% ground. He has ball in air, ball go far. Like that's what right. Vladimir Guerrero needs to, to start doing. And he did that in 2021. The launch angle went up. Um, mm-hmm. The fly ball percentage was up and he had a monster season. He's got to get the ball in the air. Like, and if you can get the ball in the air again, you could see that season come back. I mean, regardless, he's, He's still pretty safe. There's no, there is no doubt about that. Uh, probably a thirty home run, thirty plus home run guy still, but in, in the ceiling's worth betting on. And I'm, I'm not gonna hate on you for that one. Goalie's Goldie, right? His st- if you look at Goldie's, st- if you go to Paul Goldschmidt's Statcast page, it's the same every year, and it's the same as last year as it was like five years. ago. He is just the same. It's all red. He's been an elite. MVP caliber player now for a very, very long time. And he has just shown no signs of slowing down on that stat cast page. So uh, uh, that's why I have him in the elite tier. So I agree with Bakley on that one. And that's why I have four in mind. And then Pete Alonso, he's a fly ball machine out of all the guys. I think that his power is the safest of the four. I'm pretty, I know he's going to hit all those home runs each season. Um, he puts the ball in the air and he barrels a ton of them. And when he connects, he crushes them. Mm-hmm. His average exit is not as high as the rest of these guys, but his max 
um, exit velocity is just as high as the rest of these guys. So when he barrels yeah. in, good night. So we're close. You broke them into two tiers. I have them all in one. Uh, I think you have an elite first baseman if you have any of the four. So that's yeah. kind of where I stand on that one. Next up, I'll go. Uh, this is, I call it, the Lonely Island. This is my Lonely Island. This is the, I have Matt Olson and he's on his own in his own little tier. And it's because he's still better than the next guys I'm going to bring up. And he still, I guess, has the ceiling to get up to the where those other guys are. But he also uh, can just as well fall back to the, to the other guys that are down there. Oh, yeah. I got, I think he's going to be in our next. I think he's gonna be in both of our next tiers. I'm guessing, huh? Yeah, yeah, Bakley. I, I, I'm a. I'll be right. <laughs> oh, on we're that. getting to him. He'll be there. Uh, I'll be right I don't on that. Just yet, but yeah. So for me, Matt Olson stands in that tier. In a lot of people put Olson up. Uh, Bakley had Olson up there. He liked the value that you were getting on him. A lot of power in him. The K rate went mm -hmm. back up 24 percent though last year. Uh, That's after, after his career high batting average season in 2021, he added down to 17 percent. I, I'm guessing it just looks like 2021 is the outlier and he just might be a 240 hitter, right? A 240 mm -hmm. hitter um, with a little bit more pop than Reese Hoskins. And we're going to, when we get into my, I waited till the end for first basements here. I'm going to joke because I call Reese Hoskins. Basically he's Matt Olson light at this point. And I think uh, he just won't have, He'll be five home runs short and like 10 RBI short, um, possibly of what Matt Olson does. Now, if Matt Olson gets that batting average back up to 260, 270, yeah, sky's the limit for him. But that's why I kind of put him in my cost evaluation right at that 50 range for when I rank these guys, and I kind of put him on his own. What do you got next? So next I got four guys, and uh, first off, I – I'm agreeing with you right there. Matt Olson's my next. I, I, I feel like Matt Olson, he's going to put up a few more RBIs this season just because, I mean, the Braves lineup, although it was already just a sick lineup, Michael Harris going to be there all season. Oh, I'm big on, you had a, I'm you big. just had to get Michael Harris in this podcast. Didn't oh, yeah. You? It's Michael a first Harris. baseman podcast, and he still had to get Michael Harris in it. I mean, well, I got to put my boy Ozzy Albies to be back in the lineup, man. So. And I'm big on both of those. And I just feel like Olsen's going to have a chance to put up some serious RBI numbers. Uh, Acuna after back. Olsen. Yeah. Acuna. Yeah. I mean, it's a full year, right? It's, it's, that lineup is. Well, uh, I agree. That's why I call it. I think Hoskins is just light, the light version of him. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you just won't um, have the RBIs and he'll have like five home runs less. That's kind of what mm -hmm. I think. But they'll both hit 240. That's where yeah. the variance, right? And that's where the runs go down. But, but go ahead. Yeah. So after Olsen, uh, Bakley, I got you. It's Jose Abreu. <laughs> I knew uh, it was coming up. Abreu, you know, Abreu didn't have that. What do you have? 15 homers last year. That's not very Abreu like. Uh, the White Sox were. Uh, we we we've gone into depth about it, man. They're a much better team than they played. They just, you know, I feel like uh, Jose's going to have a bounce back year this year and. Uh, you know, batting in that Houston lineup, it, it doesn't hurt at all. It doesn't hurt at all whenever you bat in that lineup, for sure. <laughs> uh, after that, I got uh, Nathaniel Lowe, uh, which 
I feel like, I mean, if you, I like on base percentage leagues better than batting average, which they, I mean, he, he's perfect for that, but uh, he, he's just a, he's a solid pick right there. And after him, I have Christian Walker, who I'm high on this year. I'm high on the Diamondbacks. I'm high on their lineup. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna put up some runs. I don't know. Outside of uh their uh number one pitcher, how 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 well the rest of the rotation is gonna be. But uh Christian Walker, I like him a lot. I think he's great at that value right there. So uh that's my four. Oh. And yes, vaguely, I agree. It did take Olsen a little while to get adjusted there, but the thing is, the if, if he, striking out 25% of the time is going to keep the batting average down. Um, just the, the profile type of player that Matt Olsen is, right? He's got to get that back to 17 for, Like He got to get it back down again. And last year just kind of lined up more with his norm, what we saw kind of in the Oakland version of him. And so he got a lot of power. Uh, it's not like he's some crazy 30% strikeout guy, but uh, he got to get that K rate down for that batting average, probably rebound. But I don't hate him. I mean, I ranked him 50 for good Lord. Everybody ragging me you now on Matt Olson. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I don't, yeah, I don't know if Mountcastle takes the next step. I basically asked if Mountcastle takes the next step. I actually have him 16th in my first baseman rankings. So I actually have Mountcastle more of a corner infield. Um, which is fine. I think he's a fine corner infielder, especially you're probably going to use a lot more first baseman as your corner infielders this year than you are in third mm-hmm. base. Good God, that's a wasteland yeah. of a position. But uh, but Sadly. I have him 16 because I kind of think he is what he is. But he ain't gonna he's not going to hurt you. He's going to give you decent numbers, but uh, I don't know if he takes a next step. I'm not quite sure of that. All right, my next. I'd actually have three guys in mind because I had Matt Olson on his own. <laughs> Um, so I have three guys in my next one. So six for me is Nathaniel Lowe. I actually ranked him sixth. I'm very high on him. Um, maybe a little too high at times, but the final four months of the season for him, uh, he increased his hard hit from 30 to 41%. He was way more aggressive those final four months. Um, and there's, I mean, he had a monster final four months of the year. If he continues those final four months of the year, he's going to be a top five first baseman based on just those final four months at year end. He's a very good hitter. And the and the biggest thing that he did, which I'm actually really, really, really impressed with, is his uh, Woba. You know Woba? Nah. The weight, like the weighted on base. For, yeah, kind of. It's a stat cast measure. But anyways, it's a – we'll get into all these crazy analytics later. But anyways, he basically just – in layman's terms, he improved versus the slider. His Woba versus uh, sliders against righties went from 243 to 317 last year. And against lefties, mm-hmm. it went from 322 to 534 last year. Like, he crushed sliders. And if Nathaniel Lowe is going to – and his home runs went up on sli- – like, they're going to try to get him out with that pitch. It's just kind of what they do. And if he's going to crush sliders again, kind of like he did the last four – he just had a rough beginning and he finished strong. But if he crushes sliders like he did last year, Nathaniel Lowe is going to be a steal in your draft because his ADP and where I keep seeing him go is, is well after pick 50. Like this is, you could wait on first base and get yourself Nathaniel Lowe way late in the draft. And you you might have yourself the number three or number two first baseman when it's all said and done. That's the yeah. kind of, I've, 
those are the ceilings I think that he has. I, I think there is more to him, um, and he does take that next step. And this is a – I am a Nathaniel O'Stan, and I'm going to mm-hmm. stand on that mountain and scream it. So I'm glad I put him sixth. Uh, and in an, a, a good lineup as well as we were talking about. Yep, I just wish he played – good. Man, I wish he played in the old Texas park. I really – Right. <laughs> uh, that new park suppressing offense. That old park, though. Woo! Uh, definitely had some for an AL park is like a Coors like stadium. Some of the numbers that mm-hmm. were put up in that park, but, uh, number seven, I have Jose Abreu. So here we go. That's we, he is in my top 10 still. And yeah, look, the home runs were down last year. There's no doubt about it, but he still hit piss missiles. His, all his exit velocity. He crushed baseball still his hard hit. Everything was up. Like if you go look at a stat cast page, it's a lot of red. A lot of elite red, 90s, 80s, and stuff like that. I think um, if he just goes, he just needs to ask Jose Altuve, like, hey, what's the secret here? Is it the Crawford boxes? Because I think Jose Abreu is going to hit a shit ton of home runs in the Crawford boxes this year, and he's going to hit probably well over 15 of them. I don't know if he's like Mm -hmm. a 30-home run first baseman anymore, but the average is going to be there. In that lineup, he's going to probably drive in over 100 runs. There's no doubt about it. And I think he can return to 25 home runs um, this season. Nothing in a stat cast really kind of worried me about that. Um, And then then number seven – where was that? That was seven. So number eight in the round out this tier for me, I have my man Vinny P. (laughs) Vinny Pasquantino. Look, this is a plus-plus hit tool, if you ask me. And from August on, after he got acclimated, he had a, an OPS over 900. Like, this is a legit bat. Uh, the lineup, whew. I saw, we, we saw a good sample side. Oh, he's going to, he's part of mine. Don't worry. He likes, Bakley likes these little sleepers. But he likes mm-hmm. to take a I shot. I can see that. Guy. But he's definitely... Uh, he's on my list. He's actually, I have him. Technically, yeah, I have him as a corner infield spot based on where I ranked him. So we will get to Joey here a little bit later. Um, I do kind of like him for some cheap power. And we're going to talk about that also, because I think that's when you swing and miss on a couple of these guys that we're going to get into, you could fall back on some of these other guys that are going to give you 25 home runs. But, uh, yeah. So Vinny Pascantino, I think plus plus hit tool. I just said an OPS over 900. So he comes in at eight for me. Who's your next tier? As we try to next get to that one that Bakley likes real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I ain't gonna lie. I don't, I don't have Bakley's boy in there. Um, well, I, my next uh, four, I have four again in this tier. Starts off with uh, your boy down there on the south side, Andrew Vaughn. I like Vaughn to step up this season. Uh, I got uh, Anthony Rizzo, old man Rizzo, right after him. Then I got Vinny Pascantino, and then Reese Hoskins. So, Interesting. So of, uh, I think you put Pascantino down there probably a little bit lower. I don't small sample size that like we were just talking about. Yeah, it's uh, I like him. I want I want to see a little bit more, just like I've seen a lot of Rizzo. But then I got Andrew Vaughn up there. I don't know. I'm high on him. 
I'm high on a lot of White Sox players right now, if, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'll say mine real quick here. I, I have Reese Hoskins, Andrew Vaughn, Anthony Rizzo, CJ Crone, and Rowdy Telez. I actually I bunched a, quite a few of them, I think, into one tier. Um, and I named that tier. I just waited for first base till the end tier at this point. And I think all those guys that are on there, and I agree with you actually on Andrew Vaughn. Um, that's kind of why I had him, I think, ranked 10th on mine. Uh, the one thing about Andrew Vaughn, he got to hit more fly balls. Another guy, right? A lot of ground ball balls out of him again. Ball, just put the ball in the air and ball go far. Like these are some guys that are really good hitters and they got to put the ball in the air more. Um, I had Reese Hoskins next. He's I, poor man, Matt Olson. That's what I'm nicknaming him at this point, though. Um, and then, yeah, I got Christian Walker. So you said first base was not deep. But he, we're already in like 12. And it's fairly deep yeah. in some of these options. Um, this is unless you don't like Christian Walker that much or a CJ Crone, for instance. Yeah. Like if you don't like those guys, then maybe you're not going to think that. But that third base is or first base is pretty deep. But I don't know. I think Christian Walker's some cheap pop after pick 100. CJ Crone is some is Coors pop after pick 100. Like there's some yeah. guys you could still have a pretty good first baseman with. And Rowdy Telez is I love Miller Park uh, pop. I love all of Miller Park offense a lot of the times. And I have Rizzo. Oh yeah, I have Rizzo between. Christian Walker and Andrew Vaughn. So 11 is where I had Anthony Rizzo with that short porch in New York. He still kind of hangs around there. Yeah, yeah I had him 10. Vaughn's the only one out of that entire group with upside. I think you're getting what you get, and there's a little risk even involved with the rest of those guys, but you could still get the 29, 27 to 29 home runs with most of them. So, Yeah. I also feel like maybe, maybe I felt like the uh, first base was shallow just because I said I'm just – I'm used to it being deeper. I feel like I feel I, I don't know. May, uh, maybe I'm thinking back too far. You know. Either you, way, you're thinking of like Albert. What to like the Bagwell era? Nah, not that far. <laughs> so, I don't know. Pujols era. <laughs> so, some of these guys are just. I think it's fun. It's I, I like it. I like it, and uh, you're gonna have to dig around some. But uh, my uh, my next tier. I got six guys, and this this to me is the one I, I kind of waited around, and I got to get a first baseman too, you know. But I got a uh, CJ Crone, which I mean, outside of Coors Field last year, he didn't do too much, so that's kind of why I knocked him down a little bit. Yeah, but he plays eighty uh, two games or eighty one games right. at Coors Field though, so you yeah, gonna there's a, you're gonna get you're gonna get it, but. Oh yeah, and also I, I wanted to mention Andrew Vaughn right now has um, dual eligibility outfield also, so that was a, another reason to put him up. Anyway, after uh, CJ Crone, I got a uh, Ryan Mountcastle. Then I got Jose Miranda, who has dual eligibility as well, first and third. Then Ty France, dual eligibility, first and third. Then Rowdy, and then Josh Bell who I'm thinking might have a – I'm hoping will have a bounce-back season. <laughs> Say that again. Oh, Rowdy was your last one. Uh, Rowdy, then Josh Bell. Ah, so you got a couple guys, I guess, that 
you put more guys in your corner infield spot, which is probably fair than I have. I had him in my like last to pick for space tier. I guess I, I'm okay with some of those guys. My next tier is the corner infield tier. Um, and that's where I'm going to bring in Ty France. <laughs> the Josh Bell, Ryan Mountcastle, Jake Cronenworth. Uh, and that's where it ends on that one for me. So those are my, my you know what you're getting corner infield type of guys. Um, I don't think there's much room to grow for most of them. I think you're getting your your typical baseball back of baseball card type thing, but you can't go wrong with them. Like there's they're not bad players by any good means. Um, you're just going to get a they're going to be the third, the sixteenth, seventeenth ranked first baseman by the year end, basically. So, mm -hmm. so those are more my corner infielders. Gotcha. And then I have. I'll go real quick then to get into my next one because that was the uh, – I have my upside corner infield to possibly be a, a, a top 12 first baseman. And in that tier, I have uh, Tristan Cassis, Jose Miranda. Um, I have Spencer Torkelson. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> in that tier. Um, and that's it. And then I'll just finish mine real quick because then we'll talk about these guys because I think we're all gonna we're gonna be different on all of them. So I figured I'll just throw this all out there and then we'll just chit chat on a few of these guys. And then I rounded out the I think my the rest of my top twenty five are I called this the they won't hurt you, but you're likely going to find them on waivers at some point throughout the season tier. And that's Will Myers, Josh Naylor, uh, Joey Menaces, uh, to shout out Bakley on that one, Seth Brown, and Jared Walsh. Yeah, so Joey is a tough one, right? He's 30 years old. Um, obviously, with a chance, going to be 31 in season, and obviously has a pretty good chance on a pretty bad Washington team to get some decent playing time. Um, there's some pop in that bat. There's no doubt about it. Uh, there's, I don't know. There's just some variance there that I kind of put him all the way down there on. I, I could easily see 22 home runs, maybe 70 RBIs out of him this year. Um, I just with like a 250 batting average. Like I, I don't think it's bad. I, I just don't know what where his ceilings are going to end up ranking. He's going to get playing time, and a lot of times that's kind of the biggest thing, right? Is playing time. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but if I would have asked you in 20. I get like, so I think he, I'm going to guess Bakley only knows him because he had a decent minor league year in Philly. So he might've been a guy where Philadelphia fans heard about him at some point. Um, but if I asked you a year ago, do you know who Joey Menaces is? Would you have known that Blake? Gotta be honest, man. I, I do uh, check the minors. No, I don't, I, I don't recall him, man. Yeah. I, I probably ran across his name. But no, that's probably why. Um, but could it could he be another Christian Walker? Sure. Um, he doesn't strike out a whole lot. I'm not worried. He's not like a Patrick Wisdom, um, forty percent strikeout guy. So I'm not overly worried about that. But I just kind of put him safely at like rank twenty third or twenty fourth. I think. Like I said, right. I think he's a guy that might be picked up and dropped for three or four times throughout the season. Yeah, that's 
that's pretty much my next tier is just like that. Uh, and I, I put guys, a couple that I think, you know, just some upside to them. Uh, I got a Cronenworth, a 19. Uh, I got Josh Naylor at 20. Uh, both those guys have uh, multiple positions. Cronenworth, first, second, short. I'm looking at these first base with multiple positions. I'm not sure why that, why it all of a sudden fascinated me. But uh, Naylor, you know, he has uh, outfield in first. He's only 25 years old. Tristan uh, in Boston and then uh, Torkelson. Uh, man, Torkelson, he, he was the number one pick for a reason. Hopefully he gets out of that funk. And then uh, Will Byers. Will Myers is always good for a uh, you know pickup off the waiver wire for a couple weeks while he's healthy, and then uh, he's going to be in Cincinnati. You know, maybe put up some bombs. Uh, I do. Alex, I like Will Myers this year, by the way. I do like. I love that ballpark uh, mm-hmm. for hitters, and I do think Will Myers could be a decent corner infield spot, especially with how shallow third base is. So that's why I had him ranked there too. And Bakley, I mentioned him because he batted 330 once he got called up and had 13 home runs. Yeah, he had a 371 Babbitt, though. And if there's anything I know, that guy's probably not going to carry a 371 Babbitt again throughout the season. Um, so the 371 Babbitt came down to like a 320 average. So if his Babbitt comes crashing down, I mean, I. I'd have to look, but I, I guess he's had decent Babbitts throughout the minors, but I just don't see a 371 Babbitt happening again. I, I think he's going to be more in line with like a 250, 260 hitter when it's all said and done. Yeah. Small oh. sample size. Um, we'll see. And I, I know I put Vinny P with a small sample size, like sixth or seventh in my rankings, and I'm leaving this guy in one. But Vinny P's younger. And when I see small sample sizes on beef, like the on the high pedigree prospects, like the guys that are legit mashed in the minor leagues too, which Vinny I, did. Yeah. I kind of, I, I go off that a little bit, but yeah. So that's, that's the only reason three seventy one bad is why I kind of, uh, two, two I mean, he's not going to cost you anything. I, I guess he's going late enough in drafts where the risk is at that point worth it regardless, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. be jumping up. Yeah. To grab Joey. All, all these guys, at, all these guys. At or the Cabo Joey, more. excuse me. USA's yeah. team USA is playing Mexico. That game is sold out on Sunday. Mm. And Joey Menaces is from Mexico and they actually call him uh, Cabo Joe. So nice. But anyways, but go ahead. Oh yeah. I oh, just no, had two no problem. flies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no for problem, Bakley. Sure, Bakley. He's just the guy I don't want to – I hope I was hoping that you weren't, like, super high on him. I didn't want to bash him for you, but he's probably a guy you're going to find on waivers if you, at some point throughout the year. Yeah. Two guys, so just flyers. Alex Kirloff and Juan Yepes. Oh, God. You're bringing him back. You're going to try to resurrect the Alex Kirloff. Oh, boy. Man, he's – you're gonna drive that train right now. He had, he had it at some point. That's why I'm saying <laughs> you just maybe can't give up throughout on him, the season. <laughs> maybe throughout the season, at some point, you see what this guy was all about. My, I love spring training because I heard he Alex Kurloff. He was healthy. He looks healthy. He looks in shape. Mm. And then that hype train just starts choo choo. It starts going mm-hmm. right off the rails again. I'm good. You know, you go for it. I mean, you could take him with your last pick in most of the leagues, but um, oh yeah. yeah, I mean, I would be surprised if anybody took him really. But 
<laughs> Maybe in a dynasty. He's still definitely owning a dynasty league. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. I'm not for sure not giving up on that one. And yeah, um, you gave some. You got a longer list than me. See, I don't. You just look at you. It's not deep. And then you're like, well, I got like, <laughs> but I got 30 guys. I'm gonna name off for you right now. But it's not that deep of a position. Like, wait till we get the third base. No, I already know. I already know. Third base. <laughs> you're gonna have to take some third baseman. Early in the draft, fellas. <laughs> First, third base is a just a a shithole position this year. Um, and fantasy sports, I I can't. That's why I don't blame people that were doing like the uh, that are that if you if you would rather take like Rafael Devers over Freddie Freeman at this point, I'm not going to hate on you for doing so. Like, it's not going to be a fun position to talk about on this pod at all. Actually, it might. It's going to be fun for like two seconds on this pod. Um, yeah, we'll, because we'll I make think it, we'll make it fun. Bakley's going to enjoy where I probably have uh, Gunner Ring. Hmm. <laughs> we kind of screwed him on the whole shortstop one, but I think he's actually going to enjoy where I put Gunner at for third base. Yeah, because we'll I have him as a top we'll, ten we'll third baseman. There's there's your little sneak peek preview for third base. So Bakley, I do have Gunner as a top ten third baseman. I don't know if that says much about Gunner or as it does about uh, third base. Mm. Yeah, third base. We're we're gonna have to make it fun, man. Y'all y'all enjoy it. Just tune in. We'll make we'll, we'll make you enjoy it. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> All right. So we got our list out now. Let's let's go back here and talk about a couple guys real quick for a few minutes before we get out of there. Uh, out of all these guys, who can, who do you who's your pick to finish as a top? These are all the later guys. Give me your your pick to be a top five first baseman, your bold prediction. He'll be a top five first baseman by the end of 2023. Mm. I'm looking bold here. Bold top five or top 10. You said, I mean, we could say top 10, but I'll say top five. Cause I said bold. We want bold. bold. Okay. How about, uh, Hmm, man. Andrew Vaughn. Hmm. Interesting. I think I was thinking you were going to go deeper than that one. I don't know. Um, well, I could go deeper and say, uh, yeah, let's go bold. Cause I don't think that's a, he was the, yeah, I had him, I had him number nine, so that's not too bold. Yeah, He was would, in your top 10 already. So how are you going to yeah. give me a guy that's in your damn top 10 and say, <laughs> well, he's, a bold prediction that he's going to be a, all right. Top five. We'll go super bold. Uh, Spencer Torkelson. Boom. I like that one, actually. I do. Um, who, well, man, what a what a what a season that would be like. It would a comeback that would be if this guy ends up in the top five after just uh, abysmal last season, you know. <laughs> but what a turnaround that would be awesome. I'd love it for him. So I'm actually going to agree. I'm looking at my list right now. I'm actually going to agree with you on Spencer Torkelson. I think he came back when he got he got sent down. He was also hurt um, for a little while there. I think the injury when he got healthier and got called back up. He, I know he only hit 220. I think after that that second call up that month, but um, the stat cast was better. And I think I mean this is arguably the best college hitter. Uh, 
in the last decade. And I don't think he's just going to go away overnight. So I actually, if I had to take a bull take, I might agree with you on that one. I'd probably take Spencer Torkelson also. I don't, I think Jose Miranda has upside. Um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, TC in Boston, he has pop also. But I don't, I think the overall batting profile that Spencer Torkelson could be would probably make him be just that. Yeah. So I would He's agree with you. One. On he was number one for a reason. Give me your bust. Who My out of bust. your top? I know you, you rank them all in your top 12 or, or so. Who's the one that you've ranked that high that has the bet that you think might be the bust or has a chance mm. to be the bust? But you had to rank them then. Mm. Man. I don't want to say this out loud. I pray you. I hope not. I hope not. I hope no. he's not. I hope it wasn't over the hill. But like you said, he still had the numbers. He was mashing uh, the ball hard. He was hitting the ball hard. So either uh, that that once you said that, I wasn't even thinking about it. But I was just looking through my top ten, and I'm like, man, who who could bust him? I mean, Christian. I Christian Walker. I have him ranked a little high. Uh, Christian Walker's a is a definitely a bus candidate. Yeah, he's, he's he's more much more of a bus candidate than a Bray. But where I have him overall ranked, I'm not quite sure I can count him as a bust because it's it's one of those things like we just talked about. Um like you can you just find him on waivers, right? You just put him back to waivers and then you go pick up yeah. Ryan Mountcastle might have a bad April and somebody's gonna drop him. So then you just go pick up Ryan Mountcastle and you get corner infield production at least out of it. Um Yeah. I put Walker high. I had him in eight. Yeah. I guess that I'll count that. I guess I'll count that then as a, a potential bust. Uh, yeah, I don't – I guess maybe Jose Abreu, like where he's going to get drafted, I guess might be the one I'm going to have to agree with you on two of them here, as crazy as it sounds. Uh, part of me wants to say Freddie Freeman, but I ranked him one. He's 34 years old, though. And father, look, father time happens no matter what. It's going to catch all of us. Yeah. And some people are gradual to get there. Um, and some people just fall off a cliff like it's nothing. So obviously, mm -hmm. when you're drafting him and you're with the 10th overall pick where he's going or in the first round of where he's going, there's obviously there's bust potential when it comes to that. But uh, I just hate having to say that. It just scares me, especially when I rank it one. So I'll agree with you. I think it, it's probably a brave. I don't like saying that out loud, man. I'm not trying to put a curse on my team. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Look at Joe. I mean, Joey Votto still, he finally caught up to him at 39. He won an MVP at like 30. There was like the third in voting for MVP at like 35 years old or mm -hmm. something when he had that one monster year. So. Like I said, it happens on a gradual curve. Yeah. So, yeah, we did it. 24 first basemen, 25 first basemen. He kind of got through deeper than we thought, deeper than what Blake thought, I think. He surprised himself with that for sure. <laughs> and, yeah, do you got anything else? Any nah, man. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, much love out to Bloodline Entertainment Network. Say that again. 
Oh, I said, uh, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Much love out to the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Yep. Thank you all. Uh, Thank everyone for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to Roto Slappers. We will actually be back Saturday night, Roto Slappers Football Edition. Uh, Tim King will be on that show. We are going to redraft the 2020 rookies, um, get a little dynasty action going on that one. Uh, That should be fun. These are your Justin Jefferson, your Jamar Chase, your Joe Burrow, uh, those types of guys. Since Dynasty Fever is blaring out there at this point and everyone's getting excited, overly excited for rookie picks, um, I don't want to spoil too much that we're going to talk about because I'm going to go on a rant probably about some of these, about the, the rookie pick fever when we get to Saturday. But it should be a fun show, and that's upcoming on that one. Uh, and yes, again, up, Matt Daddy. Maddie, Maddie has to come on. I'm not going to accept anyone, any more of Maddie's trades until he comes as a guest on the Roto Slapper show. I'm going to hold him hostage now for trades. Sends one like every day. I'm not going to accept one. I'll, I'll give him a nice yum yum trade if he just hops on here. <laughs> but thanks for tuning in, Maddie. But yeah, thank you for tuning into the Roto Slappers on the Tim King show, soon to be exclusively on the Bloodline Network. Uh, so if you're watching this on the Tim King show, I will repeat, you're going to have to move over to the Bloodline Network to watch this soon. So hit that subscribe button on the Bloodline Network right now. Don't wait. Uh, catch all of the great content that the Bloodline Network is pumping out. Uh, go visit the website at uh, – I thought – can you put a link so people can see the blood? Can we see the link to the website here? Hold on. No, maybe not. I'll, put, I'll tweet out the link to the Bloodline Network then so people can do it. But anyways, there you go. I knew he was watching. So there you go, bloodlinenetwork.com. You see it right here. There's a little banner for it. You got a nice visual for it. Um, And stay tuned tonight for the MMA show at 10 Central uh, featuring Bakley, who just tuned into our show and asked a bunch of questions. I wish I knew enough about MMA to ask a bunch of questions back there, but I'm going to tune in, so I'm going to learn about MMA through Bakley tonight uh, along with the director, Chris, and the rest of the boys. And that's it, Blake. We'll be back. Next week, we're actually going to do outfield. Um, yeah, outfield's a, yeah, there's a lot of players that go over, but it's not a deep position either. So that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you all for watching. We'll see you all soon. Have a good one.